So, I welcome everybody back. Hi there. Uh, my name is Falk, Falk Hüttmann. Today, the title of the podcast that I will be presenting is called Forestation Programs and Perspectives in China, Details and Thoughts from Zeng et al. 2022. Today, we deal with um, the issue of forests and forest cover, and I will focus on China and Asia. Um, as you know, China is a mega biodiversity country. Um, I've been in this uh, country several times uh, on my own and also invited, and we also did research there. So I know some aspects from being on the ground. Um, China has big rivers, as you know, the Yangtze Kiang, the Yellow River, the Huanghei, the Heilongjiang Amur River, and so on, big watersheds. China also has um, big mountains, like the parts of the Himalaya. It has even part of the Everest, and um, it has also highlands like the Tibetan Plateau, or the Qinghai Plateau, or parts of Inner Mongolia, which is a desert. Um, it has a long environmental history. China's civilization has been around for over 6,000 years, um, and it's well documented by uh, books by Mr. Elfin called The Retreat of the Elephant. Um, another interesting book is The Wild West Conservation of China by Richard Harris. Today, I will talk about a new publication of ours that was done with Lei Zhang, Pang Zhei Sun, myself, and Xiron Liu. Um, it's titled, Where Should China Practice Forestry in a Warming World? Uh, I've provided the reference. Um, it's a paper that has many dimensions. Um, of course, this paper tries primarily to address the question where China should put forests and forestry efforts in the future, in the next 100 years. Uh, we use machine learning and AI to predict the future and then give some guidance on this. Um, there are also other aspects, and uh, here I present on an aspect that's put in the supplement. It deals more with the past. Um, this paper also has a good uh, overview about the failures and some of the positive aspects of forestation. So you can look up um, this review there as well. And here I'd like to focus on the forestation effort and on the forest cover itself. Um, there's an interesting feature that some of you might not know, and so I mentioned it to you here, that's called the Who line. The Who line is actually um, a forest gradient uh, that goes across China from the northeast China to um, the south west. And um, it's a gradient where forest uh, occurs from the uh, east to the west. And then um, you basically lose the forest and have more steppe and, um, and grassland. It's an interesting uh, vegetation gradient that people haven't really looked at so much. So anyway, just mentioned to you the Who line. Um, I should also mention that in China and certainly Asia overall, there's a long history of modifying landscapes uh, on a very massive scale, I find. Um, typical example would be Vietnam or uh, Cambodia and the ancient regimes there and the emperors there. Um, but you can also look into Russia recently in the 50s uh, by Khrushchev, who uh, had a campaign for Siberia uh, to um, increase the amount of uh, farming land called um, Virgin Lands Campaign. Selina, very famous. Um, before that, there was also a campaign by Stalin who stopped, um, tried to stop some of the wind erosion by creating big walls, uh, sand walls and other things, um, uh, forest walls to, to, to stop the, the wind erosion and, and, and the wind, really. Um, anyway, um, there have been a lot of history in, in, in modifying landscapes in Asia, and here just some examples. Now, um, I will um, read you uh, out the supplement with some highlights. There are nine sections and one appendix J. 
Um, and I do that because otherwise um, nobody really knows about these aspects of, of landscape modification and forestry and for, uh, modification. I think uh, these reforestry efforts are probably one of the biggest in the world. China um, has put in a lot of effort in it for a long time. Me being a forester myself, I'm a bit attracted to those forestry campaigns um, and the forestry government. Um, it's a very different approach probably because it's long term and it's more or less sustainable. And um, I like these concepts in a way because I like forests and I like this idea that a forest um, can provide income and livelihood to people and meaning of life. Um, and so um, that's an interesting issue. I think people should discuss more and consider. But um, I'm just presented to you and you can draw your own conclusions about it. So let me read out you these, uh, to you these, these 10 campaigns. Uh, I start with the first one. The, the Three North Shelter Forest Program from 1978 to 2050. Um, the northern, northeast, and northwestern China uh, um, areas um, have problems with sand hazards and soil erosion. It's very serious problems there. Uh, wood, fuel, fertilizer, and feed are all scarce, and agricultural production is low and unstable. Vigorously, afforestation and grass planting, especially the plant construction of a shelter belt system that combines belts, patches, and nets, is a major strategic measure to change the production conditions of agriculture and animal husbandry in the area. To this end, the Chinese government launched the Three North Shelter Forest Program in 1978. There are three uh, time periods with milestones, but if you compare um, data from 1977 to 2050, um, the woodland area will have uh, doubled. Um, the forest cover will go from 5% to 15%. The economic forest area will increase and standing timber stock will increase uh, timber yield will increase and um, the output value of forestry will increase. Um, the uh, farmland that's actually uh, in the plains and the oasis, they're all enclosed in the forest shelter belt network and the yield of crops can therefore be increased by up to 15%. And um, there's also soil and water loss control going on, including sandy land management. So that's obviously a pretty interesting uh, project in the north of China. Um, the second uh, project deals with the Sandification Control Program that's in Beijing and Tianjin in the wider areas. It's uh, from 2001 to 2023. A Sandification Control Program um, in these cities has been launched since 2000. It aims to control sandification, reduce sandstorm, habit, sandstorm hazards and soil erosion in the surrounding areas of these two cities to improve the ecological environment of, for them. But it also uh, covers areas of Hebei, Shanxi and Inner Mongolia. So it's not only the cities, but these cities are obviously major mega cities anyways. So it's a big area. The third program is called the Grain for Green program from 1999 to 2020. It's also known as a conversion of cropland to forest grassland program or the sloping land conversion program. Um, as you know, China is a traditional agriculture country. Um, the reclamation rate of mountainous and hilly land has become higher and higher and the slope of cultivation has become increasingly steep. That's an interesting fact. Large-scale deforestation and land reclamation have caused increased soil erosion, serious land degradation, continuous droughts and catastrophic flooding events and the rapid deterioration of the ecological environment. Um, so while these forestations are ongoing, specifically on the steep slopes, which is interesting, um, it also is accompanied by the task of eradicating poverty and promoting rural development. This is done uh, to redirect the rural laborers who live in remote and marginal areas and lose agriculture land due to the GFG uh, from on-farm towards off-farm sectors. 
Therefore, the GFG is not only a vegetation restoration project, but also a poverty alleviation project. So uh, the interesting thing is that this program covers most of China. I mean, it's a very big effort in the contribution of China having um, um, improved on poverty and have um, almost um, yeah, partly eradicated poverty. It's done through forestry. That I find interesting. Um, the fourth project is the Watershed Shelter Belt Development Program from 1989 to 2050. So for a long time, due to man-made destruction and unreasonable farming methods, especially excessive logging in forests, the forest vegetation in China's main watersheds has been greatly reduced, resulting in the continuous weakening of waters and soil conservation capacity and the continuous deterioration of the ecological environment. Uh, in order to address this, the Watershed Shelter Belt Development Program was started in 1989. Um, the main purpose of these programs, are, uh, of programs are to, is to activate uh, and to actively build water and soil resource conservation forest and increase the forest area um, on these watersheds. Um, so it focuses on the uh, establishment of new shelter forests and takes into account the production of timber forest, uh, of economic forest and uh, firewood forest. There are three river basins that are specifically uh, covered. It's the Yangtze River, the Pearl River and the Huanghei River Basin. Um, the fifth project is called the Fast Growing and High Yielding Timber Based Construction Program from 2001 to 2035. That's actually a pretty interesting one because it deals with forest plantations on the cost of the natural forest. So that, that's a bit um, counterproductive to the idea of, of wild forest. Um, but let me just read out the text to you. The fast-growing, high-yielding timber-based construction program focuses on the solving the problems of long-term supply of wood and reducing the pressure on the consumption of international timber resources, as well as providing um, a guarantee for the smooth implementation of the Natural Forest Resource Protection Project. Uh, it vigorously builds fast-growing high-yield timber forest and short-cycle industrial raw material forest and implements highly intensive management. Um, it also achieves or tries to achieve a transition from logging natural forest to harvesting planted forest. So it really is this, this modern forestry um, that um, often uh, is ignoring um, the natural forest. And it, in this case, it's really built on, on these fast growing timber supplies, which is um, ongoing worldwide. Uh, plan number six is a plain greening program. Um, it starts from 1950 and is basically ongoing indefinitely. I mean, think of that. That's an interesting uh, program there. The plain area, this are the steps, is an important agriculture uh, production base for China's basic living materials, such as grain, cotton, and edible oils. It plays an extremely important role in national economic construction and social development. So that's a very interesting area and very important either way. The goals are to establish a relatively complete farmland shelter-based system in the plains and the steppes of the country and to achieve comprehensive greening along uh, roads, railways, and rivers. So that's obviously a big project right there. Um, the next big project is the Coastal Shelter Belt Program. That also is from 1950 till indefinite. Um, uh, the coastal areas of the most economically developed areas in China and um, and they are also the most frequently encountered natural disasters zones uh, as they are covered by typhoons, tsunamis, and storm surges are covered here. The Coastal Shoulder Belt Program aims to establish a comprehensive shelter forest system 
with stable structure and complete functioning by continuing to protect and restore mangroves and carry out the construction of shelter forest. So the idea would be that the uh, coastal zones that are certainly under um, uh, threatened risk here with climate change and so on are receiving um, a forest system. I find that interesting. Um, the uh, program number eight is the Natural Forest Conservation Program. Um, it's from 2000 to 2020 with full protection afterwards. That's an interesting land management where uh, the forest, these type of forests get full protection. So the Natural Forest Conservation Program was launched in 2000. It aims to protect and rehabilitate natural forest and biodiversity to increase natural forest resources overall. Um, it includes three phase goals. The first phase is to protect all natural forests by 2020 um, and set up rules. Then by 2035, the total area of natural forests will be stabilized at uh, 200 million hectares and the forest quality will be fundamentally improved um, by the middle of the century. And the healthy, stable, rationally distributed, fully functional forest ecosystem with natural forest as the main body will be established uh, uh, finally overall. That's, these are pretty noble aims. Um, China's um, natural forests are mainly distributed in mountainous areas, in poverty-stricken areas, in ethnic minority areas, and border areas. By setting up public welfare posts of ecological forest rangers, it attracts rural populations and forest workers to engage in forest management and protection. Um, at present, relying on this program, more than 370,000 ecological forest rangers have been selected and employed in various places, which has driven more than 1.3 million poor people to increase their incomes and get rid of poverty. That's an interesting contribution there. I think that is worthwhile to highlight a little bit. The next uh, program is the Taihang Mountain Greening Program. That's from 1994 till indefinite. Um, this deals with the Taihang Mountain area. It was once a very green mountain and lucid water uh, shed with lush forests and, and affluent people. And uh, in historical reasons, though, um, this has changed. And now um, um, it's supposed to um, get fixed again because uh, currently there's a lot of problems in this. Um, this Taihang Mountain is located in the west side of the North China Plain or the steppe. It's a natural ecological guarantee of the North China Plain wealth um, and it plays a big role in that region. Um, <clears throat> the last project I'd like to talk about is the, a brief introduction of the returning grazing land to grassland program. That is in Appendix J. It's also, also referred to as a restoring grazing to grassland program from 2003 um, till indefinite. This program is um, a natural is based on the concept that natural grasslands are mainly distributed in the arid, semi-arid, and alpine air regions of West China. Uh, this region has relatively uh, low e economies and uh, large areas of poverty. Um, the natural grassland is a basic um, means of production for the survival and development of farmers there and herdsmen in pastoral areas. The natural grassland has been degraded and desertified on a large scale, resulting in reduced vegetation coverage, exposed ground, increased wind and sand hazards, and frequent occurrence of sandstorms. In the western grassland pastoral areas, the returning grazing land to grassland program 
was initiated in 2003. The RGGG aims to restore grassland vegetation, improve grassland ecology, increase grassland productivity, and promote the coordinate development of grassland ecology and animal husbandry through measures such as fences, fence construction, supplementary sowing improvement, grazing prohibition, grazing rest, uh, house feeding in captivity, and area rotation grazing. So that's basically dealing with some of the steps, uh, which are one of the biggest habitats and wilderness areas left in the world. So anyway, um, last but not least, this is a summary what I wanted to show you, the 10 uh, programs. Um, they're worthwhile the discussion, they're worthwhile to look at closer for sure. Uh, but it's clear, I think to you by now, that China is a powerhouse in forestry, in long-term planning and in planned wood production. It did a major investment on people's money into timber and forest and forest land, and also in carbon sequestration, of course. And uh, it's um, also obviously designed to alleviate poverty and to provide jobs, which China has done and has shown. So anyway, I mean, that's out there. Um, I put it out there for your thought, for your discussion. Um, there are many aspects to consider here. Um, one is just the pure um, uh, man-made release of carbon dioxide, of course, that is uh, one problem. But then also on the other side, the forestry issues. What I'm impressed on is, is this idea of um, uh, long-term planning and long-term commitment to forestry and to trees growing. I mean, that, that is always appealing to me. Uh, I'm obviously not a big fan of, of fast-growing timber or of putting forestry in areas where there never were forests, like in deserts. Um, but nevertheless, there are some interesting uh, discussions to have um, about the climate change and about historical land use changes. So I leave it there. I just wanted to, to share that with you. I think it's an interesting um, uh, record, a certain world record, uh, really, this type of forestry activities, and they will stand out. They certainly will have positive impacts. There are certainly some, some poor impacts also that we have discussed in this paper, and this paper deserves more attention. But I just leave it there. I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you so much. Looking forward to hearing from you. Bye-bye.